0: Hey, welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Chloe Lula, the producer of this show. Today, I'm happy to welcome Sherry Hu, the founder of the tech and music platform Water and Music and Resident Advisors guest editor for the month of June. Water and Music is an online membership-based community that Sherry started as an outgrowth of her newsletter about the intersection of music, tech, and business, and the innovations that are irrevocably shaping the music world. Her letter to the editor from earlier this month sums the water music mission up best. She writes, the past decade has seen several seismic technological shifts in the music business. Tech giants like Apple and Amazon now play a pivotal role in the battle for music streaming. Public dialogue around these tends to land at either untempered optimism or existential anxiety, leaving little room for nuance. Water Music's goal is to connect like-minded readers and develop a bottom-up culture of curiosity and critique around where music and tech are headed. Through media, my own personal mission is not only to document and analyze music tech innovation as it happens, but also to foster a culture of proactive experimentation. I want to help artists and their teams use the tools at their disposal to expand the boundaries of possibility in both music and culture at large, and kickstart a longer-term dialogue around how music creators and professionals can incorporate tech into their careers in a thoughtful and ethical manner.
1: I think the music industry is in a really interesting and tricky place right now because um, music so if you think about how like technology evolves and especially how consumer tech evolves, music is very often one of the earliest if not the first use cases for new tech. So so music has always been like ahead of culture in a lot of ways. I think it has like a, a track record of of like leading culture. I think we see um, whether the role music plays on, on TikTok now, it's, it's undeniable, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a core part of what's driving a lot of cultural trends now. But then, when you get to like trying to scale a technology or scale a product with music, um, the music industry, yeah, songs in particular, become framed as like a barrier to innovation or a barrier to progress.
0: Her in-person events called Wavelengths and her Discord server have become a launching pad for discussions that are shaking the foundations of music creation as well. On Perusing Water and Music, you can read about the implications of the metaverse, ethical ways to use AI, and how to create and sustain virtual fan bases in 2023. In addition to taking a deep dive on her thoughts around really exciting and daunting paradigm shifts in the world of music and tech, Sherry also reflects on her own trajectory. Trained in classical piano, she went on to study math at Harvard while simultaneously launching a freelance journalism career. It was towards the end of her time in undergrad that her parallel interests in music, writing and statistics came together. And she explains in our conversation that it became clear to her that she needed to infuse some critical stats-driven thinking into the creative industries. She urges all of us as creators and consumers to think more about why trends happen and how we can have more agency and collective ownership over how music is released and consumed. She also teases an exciting AI track of hers that's coming out at the end of this week, so stay tuned in until the end. Thanks for joining me, and without further ado, here is Sherry. So you guest edited RA this month. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to take on the guest editorship and what your curation has been like, uh, some of the pieces that... Have already come out, or that you plan to publish, and your thinking behind all those.
1: Um, yeah, I. Uh, it's been such a cool experience. I'm really, really glad to be part of it, and thanks to the whole yeah, RA team for um, all your help and support, kind of throughout this process. Um, yeah, in terms of what what encouraged me to get involved. So, uh, I guess also for maybe relevant background, I had written for Resident Advisor before. It was several years ago, but um, the piece I actually wrote for them was about artists like um, Holly Herndon um, and uh, Reap Swan, who's a beatboxer, uh, experimenting with voice AI. So it actually is a very full circle moment. I think that piece came out in 2018, um, and it's a very like full circle moment to be working with RA in a new capacity, but exploring very similar um, topics and so in in that vein i guess what what inspires a lot of my work with water music and in general as a writer and editor and what i really wanted to bring through in terms of the ethos for this guest editorship and what i'm really glad resonated immediately with the ra team was just making um otherwise complex topics in music and tech more accessible and more approachable for um, whether it's for artists or I know there are a lot of like music fans who read RA as well, who are trying to just better understand the um, inner workings of the industry and kind of also where it might be headed. And uh, yeah, th- there were a couple of areas. And what I really like about the the group of articles are rolling out is that it, it is very forward looking, but a lot of the articles are rooted in um, conversations or trends or verticals that are very evergreen and definitely are not new. For example, um, Music Merch is, um, as of recording this, uh, uh, the latest piece that came out was about Music Merch uh, written by um, Kat Bassett. And that's like the concept of Music Merch is definitely not new. I think for as long as, <coughs> sorry. I think for as long as the uh, like commercial music industry has been around, there's been like physical merch or physical goods as some way you could buy. But when we were looking at um, like what was being written about music merch elsewhere in the media, um, we were hard pressed to find uh, accessible explainers for like how it actually works, um, and also how artists can start to build uh, build a merch strategy around their own career, no matter what stage they're in, whether they're just starting out or are like more advanced, um, and also just like map like capturing the current moment of the important role that merch plays in. Um, Artist careers financially, so uh, yeah, was like re- really excited to publish that that piece, which is a deeper explainer, um, and also like irons out, sorry, and also irons out some strategies that um, that the artists are using for their merch. Um, but then it also ranges from that, so like kind of time old, decades old music industry music tech trends to something uh, much newer uh, or relatively newer, like the fast pace at which AI is now developing. And we have um, a, a series of, uh, yeah, two different articles. <coughs> Sorry. And we, yeah, we have, we have a series of two different articles, one of which is um, more focused on like practically for producers, how can they incorporate AI into their creative workflows, uh, written by Young Spielberg, who's a producer also on the water music team. Um, and then another one, uh, which I I really, really like, on um, an accessible music AI ethics framework. Also a topic that um, specifically around ethics has uh, been happening for as long as the AI field has been around, but basically, uh, but in terms of like artists trying to make sure they use these tools ethically, it's definitely hard pressed to find um, a framework or a good starting point that's like more accessible, not like a 30 page PDF. So to, to tie that all together, Um, Yeah, it's very rare to be able to uh, work with a a publication or kind of an outside partner to present um, all of these otherwise uh, maybe very disparate trends in music and tech and kind of like weave a uh, cohesive narrative through them. So the the general theme, as I wrote in um, my opening uh, guest editor letter, was about um, how artists and fans are using these tools to foster uh, better, more interesting or more sustainable uh, creative relationships and creative networks um, with each other. And that's what I really like about that That framing is that ultimately it is about uh, like people just trying to reach other people or people just trying to express themselves to other people and, and how is tech a conduit? How can tech help that where might tech maybe get in the way or what are the challenges with that? Um, but really rooting in like the actual needs that artists in the music industry um, have today. So yeah, it's a really unique project. Definitely haven't done anything like it uh, previously. So again, very glad to be part of it.
0: Yeah, I really like your approach in putting these articles out because as you said, they are very accessible. I think that they reach potentially different audience than the Water and Music platform does. It seems to me just from looking through the site that there are, there are some pieces of the Water and Music platform that are more difficult to decipher as someone who's maybe like a, like a neophyte. So it's, it's a really nice series that you're putting together for RA, for sure. Thank you. So before we dive deeper into the world of music and tech, I wanted to go back to the genesis of water music and your interest in the intersection of music, business, and tech. You grew up playing the piano what compelled your decision to move into a quant major at Harvard and then subsequently to marry music business and technology?
1: Um, yeah. In terms of those, that, that through line, um, very, very unexpected. I've definitely like uh, did not even know that what I'm doing now was even like a possible career in, in college. Um, it definitely like kind of emerged naturally over time, but uh, yeah, music and performing music has definitely been the through line throughout my whole life. So um grew up classically trained, but then academically, I was also really into math. Like that was my main um, like subject I was really into in school. Uh, I was on the math team kind of throughout middle and high school. Um, and so going into college, I was already thinking about how to combine those two interests um, in like any which way. So I was looking into like applying math to music theory which is definitely more abstract and theoretical but like I still think that's a very interesting area but then through like uh through some internships and just like campus events I started to become more aware of the music industry just as a concept and as just like a whole thing that existed behind the artists that I was like a huge fan of and was listening to every day and I also um quickly recognized that there was a gap at the time so this was like 2013, 2015, in um, people who were experienced with data analysis and with quantitative thinking in general to try to address a lot of the issues that the music industry was facing, um, especially around like just like the huge influx of data coming in from um, social media, from the rise of streaming services, etc. So, yeah, so I did a couple of internships more in that realm as like a data analyst At a music company or music tech company, and I thought that would be my career path, like working on the industry side. And then, um, also throughout this whole time, I enjoyed writing mostly for fun. I enjoyed writing mostly for fun, just as like as a way of thinking, like similar to journaling, just like writing down my thoughts. And I did have a blog where I like wrote down some of my thoughts on the industry, but also again, never like thought to make this into a career. Very randomly at a career fair, I, I run into an editor um, at Forbes, which was my first uh, like freelance publication I wrote for for a while. Um, who so this was late 2015. They just happened to be looking for more people to um, cover the music tech landscape for them. It was like a weirdly specific um, offer and opening, um, but they I think that year Apple Music had just like had had just launched, Amazon Music was about to launch. And so the conversation around like who the main players were in streaming from a business perspective uh, was changing very rapidly. So they were looking for a contributor to just like focus on that beat for them. And it just, it was the, it was a super serendipitous uh, melding, I guess, of all my interests and experience. Like I had, was interested in music and tech and data, had done these, all these internships. uh I was just a huge music fan and I like, Knew, I, I knew how to write just like from experience, but like I, my, my sample that I submitted was just like my blog. So I'm very grateful <laughs> that, uh, they were, that they were even, they, they even accepted that or interested in that. So yeah, just through that chance encounter, I started writing about music and tech um, just on a freelance basis while still in school, but then very quickly realized that, um, at least at the time, there was a huge gap in um, deeper analysis of like of trying to understand really why something is happening, like why some deal was done or why some trend is happening. Um, It's definitely not unique to the music industry, but uh, yeah, I definitely felt there's a lot of like publications of one-off headlines without really digging deeper in a more like research forward way into why things are actually happening. So yeah. So I, I found a path to kind of carve out that voice for myself, like focusing on, deeper trend analysis as as my approach to uh, writing about music and tech. And uh, the rest is a recent history,
0: (laughs) yeah. So Water Music itself started as a newsletter, right? So it, it came from your Medium blog, which you started in 2016 and then you started directly reaching out to your audience?
1: Yes, so Water Music, its origins, were in late 2016 as just a newsletter to aggregate my freelance work. So I did like the full-time freelance thing for a few years, um, writing across several publications. But I did, um, yeah, I I did early on realize that I I needed to have some platform where I like could talk directly to people who are interested in following my work. Um, This actually was directly inspired by, interviewing um, a ton of artists who like had to set up a similar thing for themselves, whether like their own newsletter or their own Patreon page or something. And I was like, Oh, as an independent writer, I should probably like do that myself. Even as just like a safeguard. So yeah, I I started just uh, doing roughly like bi-weekly, monthly, just like roundups of my articles. But then um, over time got more comfortable treating that newsletter as like an outlet in its own right for my own, uh, like weird ideas about where music and tech were headed or or very often, <laughs> sorry, or very often um, I would highlight some uh, theory or concept that like wouldn't neatly fit within one of the publications I was writing for, but I thought was still like interesting to cover or write about anyway. For example, um, early on I was really interested in the concept of digital scarcity, like how do you make something digitally scarce and like why and how the music industry is like completely uh, the the opposite of that in many ways with how like streaming and, and piracy have evolved. Um, so I, yeah, I kind of explored those those ideas early on um, through that newsletter, and then like it, the the following grew the more I like treated it as an outlet just for like my own like kind of ideas around where music attack was headed, um, and a, and a voice and like a, a tiny community started to form around it of people who. Like we're interested in exploring this landscape in similar ways um fast forward a couple years to 2019 um i decided to try launching a paid membership around it j- just like as an additional way for people to support my work um as a writer um and yeah since then it's gone through a few different phases so um the first year was definitely the membership was definitely just like people um in a more like altruistic way like being like hey i want to support your work uh and like kind of get into this community and like get to meet other readers um kind of a year after that was when it definitely started uh growing into its own brand where i could like bring in other writers to write like a water music article and then like now to today where yeah there there have been dozens of people who have been involved in writing or contributing to research um through water music uh so yeah it's been been like a a few year process but uh yeah, yeah, very excited cool. about. That. I think
0: That's that well. newsletters are such a great way to. They're such a good medium for journalism. I find that I'm actually subscribing to more newsletters now and reading more newsletters than like traditional media outlets in a sense because you're getting writers' unfiltered point of view and you're really hearing their authentic voice. And I've found, especially when I've done freelance writing that my work is edited so heavily that it doesn't even necessarily sound like me and you're really like tailored to the needs of the publication so yeah, that's interesting i'm guessing you did not premeditate how you wanted this platform and community to evolve or were, was there some strategy involved in getting water music to where it is today
1: um definitely did not uh in like year one of the memberships of 2019 Definitely did not expect like the full collab research, uh, like leading up, building up to like a summit like level of growth at the time. Um, I did have a very clear sense of the kinds of um, conversations and questions that I wanted, um, like water music to be known for, and for people to like be able to go to the community and know that they could have those kinds of conversations. Um, yeah uh a lot of that is actually inspired by conversations that i would have going to music industry conferences um where the most interesting uh conversations were almost always on the side so like there would be like oh uh hey i just met you at this conference do you want to like go grab food quickly or grab a drink somewhere and let's like chat about these like panels that we saw like what do you think about it like what follow up questions do you have about it what parts of the story do you think are missing um what like generally excites your imagination about the future of the industry um and so i would have those conversations um in i would have those conversations in person and then kind of go online and and not really have a place to continue them um Aside aside from maybe like Twitter and LinkedIn, but those are more like, but those are much bigger social platforms, like with a kind of a feed posting style, not really community platforms. A lot of how I initially built the Water Music Discord server and community was was trying to, at large, recreate that ethos of, um, of those kinds of conversations and create a regular digital hub for that. Um, and in terms of like what that meant tactically, um, it wasn't... Uh there are even just some like small things like hosting uh like biweekly interviews with um people like across the industry. and also um I guess one thing that strategically I did, I still do care a lot about is um is, is bringing people in as um and and framing them as valuable sources on what's happening in the industry who otherwise might not get featured in an article or on a panel um because there there are like so many people working in music. So many founders, um, people who, but and people who are not just executives, but like are thinking about the industry in a really smart way. So I kind of wanted to highlight those those voices in the community and not just have it be kind of like top down communication of of industry strategy. So that was definitely a big component, like early on, of how I uh, like curated conversations, um, how I like tried to like invite people to be part of the membership as well. Um, and yeah, a lot of it is, in terms of the the community building side was also um, just like me being very active. Like, I think I think the first year of the Discord server, I was the most frequent poster. And I get like when when, it, when, when I um, first like learned that, I like had initially like mixed reactions. Like, oh, is that like is this a community if I'm just like the number one poster now? But <laughs> but. Um, but I've learned in hindsight, and now I'm definitely not the top one. Like there are many other people who are more active than I am. But I learned in hindsight that like you kind of have to lead by example in terms of like the kinds of conversations you want to have in a community, and and that definitely can't be shortcut. And in hindsight, it, it took the good part of like six months to a year to get to a point where I could be like, okay, I'll, I'll like log in and say hi and join the conversation every day. But but I don't have like the the fires is fueling itself through kind of other people contributing. So, but that was a pretty prolonged uh, process. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like the the culture um, and the research ethos around modern music, those are some of the main pillars.
0: So I wanna to return to the conversations that you mentioned happened offline that you wanted to create a, a space to continue. What were some of the key questions that you wanted people to find answers to with water and music and what were some of the conversations or examples of conversations you were having at these conferences that you didn't have an outlet for otherwise?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the concept, um, it's maybe more academic concept, but when explained, hopefully it becomes very practical, of um, institutional memory, um, which typically refers to like the shared memory and knowledge that an institution, or it can also be a community or just a group of people, um, have and pass down over time. Um, I think the the music industry suffers from a huge lack of institutional memory, um, especially when it comes to um, projects or ventures that like do or don't work um, in in music and tech. Um, this usually takes the form of every like three to five years. Um, founders coming in or executives coming in, um, trying to launch the exact same like product that already was tried like uh, three, four years ago. And for some reason, like not, maybe, maybe like not being aware that that was tried before um, and then going further, um, not like if, if that previous attempt failed, not knowing why that failed and not being able to access those learnings to be able to build a better product this time. We see this. Um, I see this all the time in Web three. Actually, like a lot of startups, like music blockchain startups that have come up in the last few years. Um, I was writing about very similar things in 2015 when I first started and was just learning about blockchain. And obviously, the current like financial and technological landscape is super different. But there are a lot of like critical learnings um, from. And especially in terms of how to deal with like industry politics, if you're a founder and like kind of navigate that from a rights perspective, a lot of that was lost from like 2015 2018 era that people are kind of like learning the hard way again. And so a lot of um, a lot of conversations, at least with people I like connected with at these conferences, where um, it was a really good mix of like people who are just starting to enter the industry or like are relatively newer, but then people who have been in the industry for 15 20 years. And like trying to connect the dots in terms of historical context, like what, what what about like what about so what like what about this new project actually is or isn't new? What has or hasn't been tried before? What are like learnings from his like treating history as a lesson? I think is like a, a general mindset that um, I also try to instill in all my writing and Water music's work still. Um, which in like the very quick. Uh, news media cycle, especially today, can often get lost if, if you're just trying to like report on the latest news or like, the latest trend. Um, very often you can have you can be you can become blind to kind of everything that's come before and like not be able to like trace that lineage. Um so yeah, so institutional memory, like being able I guess I'll give one last example. <clears throat> Um, Apple is launching its Vision Pro imminently, its new, you know, mixed reality headset. And there's been a lot of conversation around, like, oh, what what this could mean for VR and especially, like, music VR applications. Um, there's been so little conversation about, like, the huge amount of money that was poured into music VR apps, like, 2017, 2018, and, like, what did or didn't work about them. And so those are the kinds of conversations that I would like to bring back Um like definitely definitely having an eye towards the future, but being like, oh, we've like there's a lot of work that led up to this point. Let's see like what we can learn from those experiences.
0: One of your self-proclaimed missions is to make the music industry more innovative. What were some of the problems, aside from what you've outlined briefly, some other problems in the music industry that you identified early on as issues you wanted to address through the research that you have been disseminating on water and music?
1: Yeah, I think the music industry is in um, really interesting and tricky place right now because um, music, so if you think about how like technology evolves and especially how consumer tech evolves, music is very often one of the earliest if not the first use cases for new tech. So looking um, back a few decades, um, some of the first internet forums were for music fans. Like I think the there was like a deadhead internet forum that was like one of the first to like really be spun up. Um, in terms of like peer-to-peer file sharing, obviously that has applications across, uh, across industries of music was really what drove like mass, mass consumer adoption around a similar time. Um, and then more recently with, I guess in the last several years, with things like smart speakers, Um, listening to music is like a consistently a top two top three use case for smart speaker users and a lot of the uh, and then to go back to VR uh, for a lot of like immersive experiences or kind of virtual worlds like Second Life um, a lot of the earliest adopters were artists and musicians who would like play shows in these virtual worlds so so music has always been um, like ahead of culture in a lot of ways I think it has like a, a track record of of like leading culture. I think we see um, with the, the role music plays on, on TikTok now, it's, it's undeniable, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a core part of what's driving a lot of cultural trends now. But then when you get to like trying to scale a technology or scale a product with music, um, the music industry um, or, or music, yeah, songs in particular, become framed as like a barrier to innovation or barrier to progress or development. Um, for example, um, okay, yeah, uh, going back to piracy, and I think the the industry is still feeling like the after effects of this. When Napster got really big, um, the label's responses was to start suing fans. Like I think they, they sued some random grandma in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in the US. They definitely sued a bunch of teenagers. Obviously, that's like not a good Definitely it was like a reputation stain for them for like a very, very long time of like, oh, they're not that they're not pro, you know open sharing of culture, you know, like open distribution of music. Um, more recent examples, uh, every single year, like Clockwork, um music publishers uh, launch huge lawsuits against uh, some big tech company for copyright infringement. So it was Peloton. 2021 it was roblox last year and then it was it's at twitter as of this week i think they launched a huge lawsuit against twitter for not licensing music um and there's definitely there's definitely a case to be made for like for for valuing music properly but like across uh across all these years there's just like beyond a certain scale there's a constant like fight the the framing is that like music rights companies and tech companies like don't get along um they just have very different ideas of what like success is for their respective businesses and the only way they can collaborate is for the music industry to to sue the other side and then get to some settlement Um, from from the ground up i definitely want to encourage um a, a different mindset so so like keeping in mind that like like music and tech in terms of like consumer behavior or how fans behave actually work like really, really well together. Like they, one could not really exist without the other in like how they've evolved historically. How can we build more like uh, innovative and, and sustainable strategies that um, one, one, do that justice then also like move um, and then also like constantly Look beyond just like the status quo of what is possible. Like what are new kinds of experiences? What are new revenue models, especially <clears throat> sorry what are new revenue models, especially around music that um that we can like that 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 we can uh, rethink or reinvent
0: to me, that begs the question. I mean, who is your research designed for? Because in some ways, it seems like, the projects that you're undertaking are geared towards industry specialists and companies who want to better understand the market. And I see that you offer starter packs, and I'm not sure. Perhaps I'm like too much of a novice in the field of tech and music, but i I wasn't sure as as a consumer how I would use this information.
1: Yes, I would say our audience is definitely more industry facing. So, um, in terms of the top uh cohorts in our community um it's a mix of artists startup founders so people building their own tech companies uh solving issues for music a lot of music marketers who have to keep up to date with like new platforms that are coming out and new channels um people from labels and and publishers and and other music companies so yeah it's definitely i would consider water music um a more b2b platform um, which makes this this RA guest editorship definitely stand out because RA is definitely like a much like a wider um, in many ways more kind of consumer facing publication which makes them definitely great to work with um, but yeah I guess our, our goal with our writing is um, like trying to help people um, who are on artist teams or who are working in the mu- music industry um, think about the work they're doing in, in different and more interesting ways and be able to think about tech um, in a smarter way. So, uh, in terms of an analog, they're definitely like reaching uh, a bigger or they're, they're targeting a different uh, bigger cohort. But Bloomberg is maybe um, a bit better of an analog because I guess they they have a, a publication that anyone can subscribe to, but their audience is definitely more like investors or people working like in the financial industry. So it's it's kind of similar for us um, on, on the music side.
0: I find it very fascinating that you have made membership such a strong membership and community building such a strong part of the ethos of water music because you could easily be like a consulting platform but it seems like you you place a lot of value on having members interact with each other and also just cultivating thoughtfulness and curiosity and kindness and that seems to really be baked through every layer of what you do, even in like like the writing that you put out, also the Discord server, how do you create and continue to foster that kind of environment? And why have you decided to create this kind of environment?
1: Um, yeah, I've definitely uh, considered the consulting route. <laughs> and we we have done a few uh, consulting projects, but they've definitely been like, like icing on the cake, definitely not the core. Um, like force behind what we do, which is definitely more the the community kind of driven research. I think why I made community membership such a big focus um, was one definitely, yeah, from, from the very beginning, having a, a very specific culture in mind of like the kind of um, mindsets and connections and collaborations I wanted to promote in the industry. Um, so that I think informs that you can you can uh i guess you can talk about that culture through articles but that really does show through how people interact with each other kind of who are reading or who are writing these articles and then uh another reason is because uh especially with areas around like emerging tech like say with blockchain or with vr with gaming um with other new tech as it relates to music. Um, you really I I think the the best way to get a picture of what's happening in the landscape is really through um, like a more open or more fluid bottom-up approach to information sharing as opposed to something like consulting which I think at least typically um, errs on the side of like keeping information exclusive um, definitely like a a top-down approach to research which totally get like there is a big market for that But, but, but I think with Water Music's Approach yeah, the general philosophy is that um, if we if, if we foster this culture of more open fluid information sharing, we'll get we'll get to insights and get to new knowledge about the industry that we wouldn't otherwise have been able to because we all have very unique experiences and, and perspectives on um, on what's happening. And to your point earlier about newsletters being a really good sort like medium for journalism, even without something like a Discord server, I completely um, experienced this early on, where like you, you, you never know who is subscribing to your newsletter or who will respond. Very often, it's like a very unexpected source or a very unexpected perspective that you wouldn't, they might not otherwise get just through like um, looking on LinkedIn or like going through for like your typical interview sources. So, yeah, I, I noticed that like the the role of that kind of bottom up. Um, like information sharing from the very beginning, um, and yeah, I'd like to think it's it's definitely like benefited us, especially with um, our like our pulse on what's happening in emerging tech in terms of keeping that community at the core.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It seems almost paradoxical in some ways, though, since Water Music is based on like it's a it's a virtual world, but then you're creating a community within that, and I imagine then that having like the summit that you just had is very gratifying because you're bringing a lot of people together in a real space that had previously only interacted online. Totally, yeah. How do you keep the energy going in a distributed online community?
1: Ooh, very good question. Um, Moderators are very important. Um, Community management is definitely um, underrated work. Uh, Shout out to Kat, um, and now Alex and our team who um, uh, have been like super helpful with kind of looking after the community. Um, th- this goes back to what I was saying um, earlier about, you know, like how the first year of the server, it was, it was, I was the top uh, poster. Um, and then after a while, um, and then after a while, I was able to step away for a little bit. But um, you, you do need like yourself, you know, in case... Anyone who's listening is like an independent creator thinking of starting their own community. Like you need yourself um, and or like a team around you, including a person that's that's like dedicated to like starting engaging with conversations and starting conversations um, in the server, and also like helping people find other people in the community who maybe they could they could like get along with and have a good conversation with. Um, it definitely is. Uh, it definitely is work. It, it doesn't just like uh, happen on its own. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I guess it's, I, I initially, uh, kind of thought it, it was paradoxical, but I actually think it's very complimentary of the role of IRL events. So we've been doing IRL events for, um, almost a year now. We like really started, we started doing our own, um, branded wavelengths, local events in September, uh, 2022. And those, especially with people's um, lifestyles the people we're trying to reach like a lot of people are not on Discord that much um, but they do like read every email and they do still want to meet other people uh, the Discord platform just is like overwhelming for them which is totally understandable I've definitely met a lot of people at these IRL events who I other, otherwise would not have met just because they um, yeah just have like a different like way of engaging online um, I, uh, I, IRL events also create definitely create a sense of local um camaraderie that that can definitely transfer online so like the the nyc channel unsurprisingly for water music is like our top local channel and after having done a few events in new york especially our summit like that that's much more active now people are kind of like sharing um events to go to and stuff like that so yeah so it's a mix of just having people um uh consistently active having consistent like, events and programming and, and like, activities for people in the community. Um, And then I think in this day and age, complementing it with something IRL, which helps to, I think, strengthen trust in the community, in the online community, Um, and then can also, like, reach people who, like, maybe are more comfortable engaging in that setting and not not just online. Mm -hmm.
0: Beyond just water and music, what are some ways we can collectively work towards bolstering our sense of community I mean both in person and online within the electronic music world because it seems to me that this is becoming more and more urgent or I get the sense that we are becoming increasingly atomized yeah and I'm just like on a personal level finding that I often lack a sense of community especially in like a major city like Berlin
1: yeah it's it's tricky so I'll give um an example of an event that we did that I've been thinking a lot about since so we did an event in um Washington DC. It was a Wavelengths event. It was a roundtable on um the the build topic was building financially sustainable communities, um, which is also yeah like an ongoing challenge for many different communities. What it ended up being, which I actually think was was more illuminating at least for me, was people like trying to figure out um, like one, whether there was even a DC music scene, and then two, like what the scene is for. Like, why are we here? Why are we partaking in this scene? And and, and there wasn't a hard um, answer to come out of that, but it, it, it just really struck me because um, I went in with like my prompt questions planning to talk about um, like uh, like business strategies and like new tech platforms that you could use to build your community depending on your preference. But um, like all of that is moot if you don't first land on um, purpose, like shared purpose. Like why are we here? Um, what is our shared purpose and motivation for being here? And then also <clears throat> uh, critical for community building like, what actions are we going to take with each other to, to enact that purpose and kind of like, uh, and bring it to life? I definitely notice a lot of um, a lot of artist communities in particular um, will just launch, like they'll just spin up a Discord server. But aside from like following artist updates, there, there isn't another like deeper level of purpose of like why the community has to exist to the point where it just becomes another like social channel. Like it, it, could, it could just be an Instagram channel, it could just be a Twitter account. Um, and that's where I think uh, communities like tend to dwindle out or just like leave members feeling confused. Um, so thinking about electronic music, what um, I, I think the, uh, my, my sense is it's really tricky to have a singular electronic music community probably at this point um, especially with like the, the splintering of culture and people leaning into more niche cultural trends um, it makes it and it's probably been this way for a very long time but I feel it especially now it's it's you can't really speak to to electronic music as like a monolith at all. So in terms of like starting a community in electronic music, um, I feel like, like starting small in those like more niche areas either of taste or of um, or especially of like shared uh, social or political values I think is super valuable Um, uh, especially with like efforts that I've seen to um, uh, amplify more like woman voices in electronic music for example like I think that it doesn't have to stick to a genre it could speak to it could speak to like a a wider goal social goal within the genre but um yeah that, that i guess that that's what comes that's what comes to mind i think like um the electronic music community is actually probably it it, it is very plural um uh pl- it is very pluralistic and probably have many different sub communities um and yeah I, I would just encourage people to think about like uh if, if you do want to start a wider community, like what is the shared purpose actually, aside from just like following a brand, which is more like marketing. That's just a marketing channel. Like why does community have to exist?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So in thinking about some of the work that you're doing now and then just looking towards the future, I mean, you have, you're deeply acquainted with like Web3 and the metaverse and AI. Are there any... Areas within this umbrella of topics that you research—that is there any that's really exciting to you, um, and why is that?
1: Yeah, um, I would say uh, uh, I would say, as cliche as it may be, AI is very exciting to me right now. I think compared to um, other topics or trends that I've covered, I haven't seen this combination of both, uh, like. Uh, sheer pace of technological advancement and like improvement of the underlying technology and underlying AI models. And then subsequently, um, very rapid um, adoption at the industry level. So this is not a music example, but um, like, uh, I think like Coca-Cola is now using like open AI technology in their marketing, which is like crazy, like using AI to like generate ads and like we're actually seeing that being commercially used like the the timeline from like open AI really coming on the scene to that happening is like really really short so the the <laughs> the pace of technological improvement the pace of industry adoption subsequently and then also to go back to like the or to go to the core element of like the creative process like like rethinking um, new Approaches to creating music and creating art, um, and vastly expanding uh, the playing field of like who can participate in that and who can see themselves as making art regularly. There are absolutely like uh, like pros and cons to that expansion, but um, I think AI uh, uh, and and generative AI specifically uh, like speaks uniquely to that. I am I am still definitely excited by. Um, other like areas of emerging tech, like like gaming. Uh, I'm like personally very into gaming. I definitely am a pandemic gamer, so I'm very into like following that world for sure. Like that's definitely not going away. Uh, hopefully, and um, and Web three is still like an interesting area to follow. Although I, I think it's definitely much more at it's it's uh, speaking to very important questions about like artist financing. And like, how to sustain artist careers, and also how to make um, like data around music more more open and decentralized. Um, I guess the the arc of progress for that um, has proven to be much longer in terms of like um, you know like Web three tools that uh, will be ready and accessible for a much wider public to start using. I think that the arc may be maybe a few more years. Whereas with with AI. Um, I'm, I'm constantly being uh, I guess my my myths are constantly being debunked about like, oh, we, we might hit this milestone in a few years. And actually it's in like three months because of that's because of how quickly this, the tech is advancing. So it's 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 exciting. It's very daunting. Um, it's very interest It's a very interesting space to be like writing and researching because you have to constantly kind of update your 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 own mental model of like what is possible.
0: Yeah, as a musician, I'm finding that the tools that have come out in the last few months are really cool, things that I never would have considered using before, but they've now really innovated the way that I think about making music, and they've also really democratized just the music-making process in general because so many of these tools are free. But I know that the introduction of AI – integrative processes raises a lot of existential fears which we talked about a little bit at the beginning i mean do you share any of these fears around like the issues that are coming up
1: i somewhat so i um i thought a lot about this more actually from like the media company perspective so like uh yeah our our tech lead alex is, is very into ai and large language models and um, we have had many existential questions of <clears throat> like what a media company looks like uh, in five years time. Actually, yeah, there there's so many examples of this now, or a growing number of examples. One being um, notoriously BuzzFeed, I think killing BuzzFeed News, uh, laying off a bunch of their staff. And then like the same week, their CEO is um, uh, hailing the power of AI. And like leaning a ton into like into AI generated content as like part of their strategy. So at the, at the large mainstream level, I think they're definitely where, where the, the incentive to, or where the incentive structures around producing media are definitely around just like churning out content for, for ad revenue or for for some other kinds of sales is um, that's definitely alarming. I think what, what, uh has like kept me sane and grounded is is, all, is in part realizing as like a writer and someone looking after a media company that like that is not the world i operate in you know like i i operate in the world of we have a membership uh we do produce articles um we we do produce articles but we also do events we have a community of of humans who like speaking to connecting with each other um and so a lot of like how i'm thinking about the value of um of any like niche media brand including but not limited to water music is like in okay so yeah like in in a world where the cost of producing like a decent article or decent song goes like way way down to basically zero like what what is the moat and where is the value and i think um i think uh human connection and like very opinionated um curation of like art and media um i'm borrowing this this term from the publication dirt of the taste economy i think like actually will be a thing like having um doesn't have to be good taste uh but just like very specific taste that and that's consistent that people can lean on um you know uh, regardless of how that taste expresses itself in culture or in media i think i think that is much more of like where the value is so um, yes so I think like that the business of running a media company will fundamentally change it, if it hasn't already changed but the like core value of like why people would sign up especially to um, a publication that's more specific or also like follow an artist uh, like you know why someone would be a fan of an artist um, it's, it's about having a very specific uh, view of the world and a very specific aesthetic that like doesn't just have to be in music or song form it could like uh, live in a much more holistic way.
0: Yeah. I think that one of my fears about the more nefarious uses of AI and music is when you see it being applied by companies like Spotify, where there's AI making music that's just for like streaming playlists. And you don't see very much revenue going towards actual artists who are making music do you feel optimistic about the future of independent artistry in in this kind of climate where this is being practiced pretty broadly
1: um i so i do agree that uh that part of the industry where music does play like a purely like functional role like oh this is just music for um like music for uh, listening to in the background while while you're working or studying um, or like background music for podcasts or ads that is like definitely under threat by AI because I think in those use cases <clears throat> the creators or the curators like are they see music as more like a means to an end like I, 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 at risk of generalizing I think that the case tends to be that it's like oh I'm just looking for music to accompany this other piece of content or I'm just looking for music to like be this wallpaper to this other activity you're doing. That area is definitely under threat by AI and and makes up um, a good chunk of the music industry. And I think um, there so and there are a lot of independent artists who um, rely on that kind of work for income, especially with like sync for films or for podcasts. So that that is definitely concerning. Um, that said, i um I don't know if this is like naive, but I believe in the ability of artists also to adapt. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that like uh, I definitely want to avoid saying that, that, that like you should or you have to, but I think that um they will there are there are tools and and there are tools being built speaking to the pace of technology, and this is why I'm like excited to follow it. There are tools being built, I think, in the near term, next three to six months of, like, enabling artists to, for example, like, build and license, like, proper models of their own work and have it, like, become a revenue stream. I don't think it's, like, I don't think the rise of, like, AI-generated music is, is, like, completely substitutional, especially if you have, like, a uh, very distinct voice or aesthetic as an artist. I think um, it could really help – like, the technology can really help you uh, maybe even, like, grow your career or income with, like, not as much effort, which, like, hopefully is is better or some people think is better. So I think there are ways – yeah, I guess I'm I'm waiting to see, like, what uh, revenue opportunities there are for artists because it's definitely not – It's definitely. I don't think it's just like all AI generated content is going to uh, completely like substitute independent artists. Also, uh, they they obviously have their own incentives, but I think major labels are like fighting really hard against this technology. Um, Some of them do have partnerships with AI companies, like Universal Music Group just did a licensing deal with Endel, which does like generative background music for focusing or sleeping. They have um, like a, a mobile app. But those are all like uh, uh, licensed music, like using licensed stems from artists on their roster. Um, so it's all like the the economic structures or the precedents being set um, are all around. I think including artists in the mix, um, in the mix financially. So yeah, th- I mean, th- th- there 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 are just so many unknowns that that it's hard just hard to say how things exactly will pan out. But I do know that. Yeah, like, the, those areas where, um, like, music is just, like, a means to an end to publish something else or to accompany something else, um, it's definitely, like, it's, it, AI-generated music is definitely more competitive to that because the music industry is structured in, in a really distinct way. There are also, like, industry forces that are actively, like, trying to prevent that from, yeah.
0: And, like, keep agency with,
1: with yeah. the artists.
0: yeah. Where do you see things going for your career right now? Obviously, water and music is really exploding, undergoing a lot of growth. What's next for you and for the platform?
1: Uh, Yes, all big questions. Um, There are a few things on my mind. So um, definitely interested in continuing events. In particular, we've... um, Definitely something that I think we could do a better job of or that I'd like to close the gap more on is um, international coverage. So we have um, international, especially outside of um, the U.S. and Europe, which I think are where most of our um, contributors are. And if we're covering companies, that's where most of them are based. But there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening with music um, and tech, both like separately and together in Asia, in Latin America, which is like one of the – um obviously one of like one of the most culturally influential continents uh in the world right now um in Africa as well uh and so I'm um, yeah definitely like looking into whether it's like more editorial collaborations or kind of deeper like research projects that are looking into um those specific regions or continents, so that's one um and so yeah through through research and events um something that I would like to, uh, go back to that, um, uh, was actually part of the, uh, like er- the origins of modern music is like building up more databases. So we have like databases of, uh, like music startups that have raised funding, um, music NFTs, um, like interesting music and gaming projects, for example, um, definitely want to build those up as like more regularly maintained and updated resources for people in the industry, just to be able to like reference, oh, like what's been tried before and what has or hasn't worked before. Um, and then in terms of uh, topics, definitely um, AI is going to be a huge focus for us. Um, gaming, especially with the um, with the hype around uh, what Apple is doing with their Vision Pro, is also going to be a big focus. So you can expect uh, even more. Coverage of those areas
0: as well. How about music? Do you think you'll ever return to the piano or have you?
1: Oh, <laughs> return to the piano. Um actually I wait. Okay, this episode is coming out end of June. Ah, uh, okay. So I can't that I can't reveal too much. Actually, no, no, no. I, I could probably talk about it. So, so um, yeah. So <laughs> Um, I do have a piano in my apartment and uh, I like play it for fun occasionally and I'll do like jam sessions if a piano is available like anywhere I definitely still enjoy doing that but it's definitely kind of gone by the wayside Um, that said something that um, uh, that will be coming out um, at the end of June the release date's on June 30th Um, me and Young Spielberg who wrote for um this guest editorship he's a veteran music producer we're releasing a grimes ai song (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be my oh yes this is yeah this is actually this this will have been uh a good chunk of my like brain space for this june because i'm like going through the experience of um releasing on spotify for the first time uh like like going through that whole process of like being an artist on Spotify, um, going through this really interesting portal that Grimes has set up for like uploading tracks made with her voice and kind of approving that and talking with her team about that. Um, And then also even just creatively, I've like uh, also enjoyed singing for fun, but I've never really like published anything like that public with my voice. Uh, there's like kind of a like part like confidence is part of the issue but like being able to like record this piece with young um in grimes grimes's voice and have it come out actually like really well but like completely different (laughs) from from how i would like ever sing it's like oh it's actually like really cool i can channel this uh like random and i guess importantly grimes's ai voice is like 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 a baby voice kind of. It's it's in like her like digital baby avatar. <laughs> but like like being able to sing, put like put it through this model and have it come out and be like, oh yeah, it's it's like really cool. I can like channel this weird alter ego, but it's like some other like voice that brings out another side of like my singing that I otherwise couldn't access. Very, very cool. Just like personally to think about. So So uh, yeah, I'm still making music. I guess I'll be coming out my first song. Oh gosh, congratulations! Yeah, so I'm I'm learning, going through the whole process of like promoting a single, all that. So, but yeah, this is this is something that I've I've um, I'm trying to actively do more in my life in general. Is definitely get like like stay close to that like creative Mm. side of music, whether it's through playing piano or through this like. Very weird once in a lifetime release yes. <laughs> that still involves like singing and and songwriting, which is very fun. That's
0: exciting. <laughs> yeah, since I mean, because I actually I come from a classical background as well, and I am oh, nice. more towards electronic music. But yeah, I, I'm curious how your relationship or your thinking around music and like piano playing has has changed as you've been moving more into like the The virtual world and like doing a lot with AI.
1: Yeah, it's um if anything, so I I I guess I'm the kind of brain or have the kind of brain where um the more I know about something, uh creatively, uh, the more I enjoy it. I know a lot of people like don't feel this way. For example, like, yeah, I had a lot of friends growing up. Uh on the music side who are not into music theory. They're like, why Why does this matter? Like, I just need to play these notes and kind of move on. Uh, but I was like super into it. It was like my favorite thing to study around music. Similarly with like understanding the industry, there are, <coughs> there, there are definitely some parts of it that are like frustrating. <laughs> like once you like really get into it or like, like challenges that are just very stubborn over time. But especially with, like, virtual worlds or with AI and, like, understanding the actual, like, process behind creating, um, like, especially a more fleshed out, like, immersive or digital music project, um, you really do, like, come to appreciate uh, just, like, how like how much of, of a miracle it is to, like, get this thing out and for, like, all these people to, like, touch a given project. I, I definitely, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I know there there are people – um, in the industry who like the more you learn about the industry it's like no I just want to like get out uh, I guess thankfully uh, maybe because of of my position also of like of of like writing about it and getting more of a bird's eye view of it um, I still get a lot of enjoyment out of it definitely in terms of like schedule it's um, uh, definitely in terms of schedule it's it's meant like not as much time to lean into the creative side so again yeah I'm like trying to carve out more time for that
0: Well, I am really looking forward to hearing your Grimes song. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this RA Exchange with Sherry Who. You can check out all the articles from her guest editorship on our website. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the RA Exchange and listen to our full archive of conversations on RA.co or on SoundCloud at RA-Exchange. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on the podcast or stories you'd like to share, please send us an email at exchange at RA.co. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.